just going to share with you a few things that the Lord had put in my heart, but also um, want them to share their testimonies of the good things that God has done for them as a result of following God, following God fully with their lives. And um, let's just start, we'll read a few scriptures before we um, get into this. Turn with me to Psalm 23, and this is probably my favorite passage of scripture in the whole Bible. Now, I say that about so many passages of scripture in the Bible. Why? Well, because I love the word of God. Anybody in here a lover of the word of God? Everybody in here should have raised their hand right then and said, I love his words because they are like a treasure to me. Now, I'm telling you, the word of God has the power to change your life forever. A lot of people, they want, uh, they want, they want something only uh, just enough to where they'll get by and just enough to where they'll, they'll seek God just enough. But, you know, Hebrews tells us that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. I want to read this to you out of Psalm 23. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Now, if the Lord is your shepherd and he's leading you and you're a sheep that is hearing his voice, then the result and the fruit of that is you shall not want. What does it mean to not have any kind of want? That means that your desires and the fullness of your desires are seen in your life, being accomplished in your life. You know, we've been in this series on righteousness, what it means to be made right with God. And I heard this as I was praying over this service, that it is his will that we be made righteous. Anybody agree? But it is also his will for us to walk in the paths of righteousness. So I want to read this to you. I shall not want. Thank you, Lord. Do you know what that means? I'm just going to read you a few more scriptures about this. To not want means not just that you have your needs met. It's that you have your desires met. And that you are living on a higher level of prosperity. And I'm just going to say this right now. This is a church that is prospering with a people of God who are prospering. And a lot of people, you, normally out of ignorance, do not believe that it's God's will for them to prosper. But I want to tell you, God's word is God's will. And his will you can find it in his word. And if you see prosperity 
in his word, you can be sure that it's his will for your life. You know, the Bible says this in Psalm 35, 27, let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. Woo, let them say it all the time. Are you saying that all the time over your life? Let's say it right now together, okay? We're gonna say this together. Let the Lord be, can you all put these scriptures on the screen for me? Let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. Say it again with me. Let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. Everybody lift your hand up to God right now. And I want you to declare it by faith. Let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. It gives him good pleasure. It makes him happy to see you blessed. Not lacking for any good thing. Not wanting for any good thing. You know, I had to come up on my heart even last week in service when Jeremy was preaching. I heard this. God's will for you is not to be so strapped that you're having to count every penny when you go to the grocery store. God's will for you is not to be uh, worried about how things are going to be paid for week to week. How am I going to make it? How am I going to pay a bill? Do you know what? You want to know even further than that? God's will for you is that you would live in a beautiful house. God's will for you is that you would drive the best. You know, He said this if you would be willing, and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. But what does it take? A willingness and obedience? Now, is obedience going to cause you to eat the best of the land? Just obedience? No. Is just willingness going to cause you to eat the good of the land? No. If you are willing and obedient, that means there's a heart, a tender, genuine place in the heart that desires to obey God. And with the fruit of that obedience, that fruit of that willingness, is that you will live in the best of the land. You will drive the best of the land. You will have the best relationships in the land. You will prosper in all that you set your hand to do. Now some of you in here are receiving this this morning. I'm telling you, your life I'm telling you, just I can see it in the months to come. The, the increase, this, the, a new way of thinking, a new way of believing, a new way of coming up. I'm telling you, if you are willing and obedient to go God's way, you will eat the good of the land. The Lord is my shepherd, and when I'm following him, I shall not want any good Thank you, Lord. I'm going to read you this out of Deuteronomy chapter 8. And I'm just setting it up so they can take it from here. But Deuteronomy chapter 8, it says this, Beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments. Do you you believe that this scripture still applies to us today? Oh, yeah, it does. His judgments, his statutes, which I command you, lest when you have eaten and are full, 
and have built beautiful houses and dwell in them. Why? Because you obeyed the Lord your God. And when your herds and your flocks multiply, is multiplication God's blessing and his plan and his will for your life? When your silver and your gold are multiplied and all that you have is multiplied, glory to God. What an awesome God. When your heart is lifted up and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage and led you. Is that the voice of the good shepherd that takes you out of a dry land and brings you into green pastures? He led you through that great and terrible wilderness in which there were serpents and scorpions, thirsty land where there was no water, who brought you water um, out of the flinty rock, who then fed you. Is there food? Is there bread at the table of the Lord? He led you and he fed you. It says this, which your fathers did not know that he might humble you and that he might test you to do good in the end. Then you say in your heart, my power and the might of my hand has gained me this wealth. And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the power to get wealth. Proverbs 10, says that's the blessing of the Lord that makes Rich? Is that a dirty word? No, it's a Bible word. It makes rich and he adds no sorrow to it. I'm going to read you this version. ISV says, the blessing of the Lord establishes wealth and difficulty does not accomplish it. You know, I've noticed with Jeremy and I in our life, the further and further we have yielded ourselves over to the will of God for our life. And we've listened and obeyed obeyed, the further and further and further we have begun to see the blessing in our life, intangible things. And you know, the, the uh, third John tells us that it's the will of God. I want to read that to you too. Let's just read that. Because, you know, when you read these scriptures, you are building up your faith. This is building, this is spiritual nourishment for you and me. This is food for our future. This is fuel for our future, let's see here. Third John, verse, I believe it's verse three. Can you guys put that on the screen for me? Two, I'm sorry, I think it's two. I don't know why I can't find this one. Well, what script, what, what, tra- um, what translation do you have? What do you have, Jordan? Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. He's saying, that's my will for you. My will for you is that you would start to prosper and be in health just as your soul prospers. You know, I wrote this this week and I wanted to read it to you. But prosperity is not just in financial things. Now, it will end up, if you stick with God long enough and you believe God, it will show up in every area of your life. I'm telling you, the blessing of the Lord will overtake you. Amen. But this one said, I want to read this to you because I was thinking about what prosperity really is. And I wrote this, that prosperity, there is a prosperity that runs deep. 
It runs through every fiber of the soul. It starts in the heart. And it starts with peace. And it starts with tranquility. And it leads to a long and a happy life. Glory to God. See, longevity is prosperity. Health and healing is prosperity. It produces success in every arena of life. And it comes from meditating on the word of God. It, is, it releases health throughout the entire body. It, elev, it alleviates stress. That's what prosperity does. It takes away the distress. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. It also abides in the rest. It lives fearless in regards to the future and fearless in regards to, the, to its finances. It gives and it sows in drought. It does not withhold. It is not stingy. It does not hold on. But it gives and it gives and it sows and it sows and it increases even when there's famine. It is content without becoming complacent. Did you know that contentness, contentment is prosperity? Thank you, Lord. It is settled and it's as sure as the morning sun. It doesn't, when the sun comes up in the morning, you can be sure that it's going to come just in time. It is selfless and it scatters easily. It knows and understands a revelation of the Father's love and chooses to walk in love all the time towards itself, towards others. Prosperity is peace. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You know, your heart health has everything to do. Your heart has everything to do with your prosperity. And so often God will walk with us and take us where he wants to go in order to bring us into the fullness of his will for our life, which is prosperity. I'm going to finish reading to you Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want he makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Why does he lead us in paths of righteousness? So that we would be able to give him glory with our lives that we would have such great influence that he would be magnified. Let the Lord be magnified who takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. And so as I begin to read this, I thought about what it means to live on paths of righteousness. What are paths of righteousness? It's simply living According to the righteousness that Jesus has provided for me. You know, it's, it is so important 
to begin to see ourselves in the light of his righteousness. Because when we see ourselves the way the word shows us and tells us who we are, we begin to walk who we, in who we are. We begin to live and to go after the things that God has for us. But if we constantly think that we're no good, we think we can't do anything right, we don't have a revelation of Jesus in our life, we don't think and magnify him and glorify him for who he is, we will be stuck in the same place year after year after year, uh, spiritually, on the inside, in our relationships, in our finances, when never being able to just move ahead. But getting a revelation of his righteousness, getting a revelation that we are made right, getting a revelation of what that is will cause us to walk in paths of righteousness. Paths of righteousness. I want to read this one to you. First, I'll just tell you this. It is our personal decision to be made righteous. But it is also our personal choice to walk in paths of righteousness. Every day, we have a choice. It says this in Proverbs 8, 17. I love those who love me. And those who seek me diligently will find me. Riches and honor are with me. Enduring riches and righteousness my fruit is better than gold, yes, than fine gold. My revenue than choice silver. I traverse, he's, God is saying, I travel the way of righteousness. And in the midst of the paths of justice, I may cause those who love me to inherit wealth that I may fill their treasuries. Our day and age, you can say that I may fill their bank accounts. I may fill their barns. I may give them everything they need and everything they desire. And as I studied this, I just could not stop thinking about Isaac in the Old Testament. Do you remember the story of Isaac in Deuteronomy, actually Genesis. Let's turn to Genesis chapter 26. We all know, well most of us have heard teaching that Isaac sowed in the land in famine. And then he reaped in the same year a hundredfold from his sowing. But I want you to back up and I want you to read this. In verse 26, sorry, chapter 26. It says, there was a famine in the land. Beside the first famine that was in the days of Abraham, Isaac went to Abimelech, the king of the Philistines in Gerar. Then the Lord appeared to him and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land which I will tell you. What was the first step in Isaac prospering God's way? Living in the land and the place God told him to live. It says this, he says in verse 3, dwell in this land, live in this land, and there I will be with you and bless you. 
How important is it to be in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing with the right people? How important is it to live in the place that God has called you to live? Now, there's many people, many people all over that never understand this is the first step to prosperity, to get in the place that God has told you to be. First step. A lot of people want to hear a lot of good messages on prosperity. They want to build up their faith, but they are unwilling to go where he told them to go and then to stay, what he says right here, dwell, live in the land. And I will be with you and I will give you all these lands. Let's see, he said, I will be with you and I will bless you for to you and your descendants I will give all these lands and I will perform the oath which I swore to, your, to Abraham, your father. Now that's legacy right there. That's a legacy of prosperity. I'll not only give it to you, but I will keep on increasing you and your children and your children's children. You know, Jeremy and I have seen this in our lives. Our great-grandparents, our grandparents followed God and sought the Lord diligently, went after, them with, went after him with their whole heart, sought to do his will. You know, I can't think, I can't but help but think about David and how Saul had to cease from being king because he would not follow God full, fully. He would not go where God told him to go. He would not do anymore what God told him to do. And then God said this. He said this um, in, in Acts chapter 13, 22, they're, they're recounting and remembering. God said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, who will do all my will. Now, I think this is really interesting. Did, was David a man after God's own heart because he could sing? Or because he wrote a lot of great worship songs? Or because he just, you know, what was it that made him a man after God's own heart? Anybody, anybody here? What? He would do all of God's will. He was a man after his own heart because he would obey God. He would do what God told him to do. He would be where God told him to be. He dwelled in the land and he fed on his faithfulness. And then if we go back to Isaac, if you keep reading that, you see that the reason, the first and foremost reason that Isaac was blessed was because he dwelled in the land, he lived in the place God had called him to. Now, one of my favorite passages of scripture in Psalm 16, it's so good. It says that boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. David said this as well. Boundary lines. Are there boundary lines to our lives? Bound. Does God give us boundaries that we are to live in? That's physical that's, there's so many ways. That's a, that's, that's the, you know, God is even interested in the house that you purchase and the place that you buy. He is interested in all the details of your life, where you live, where you go to school. He's interested in the person you marry. How important is it, the person that you marry? Boundary lines. I found out long ago, there's things that I cannot do and I should not do and, and will keep me far out of the will of God. And there's things that I can do that will bring great pleasure to God and will bring the blessing of my life on my life in more fullness. And I'm just so, so thankful that 
that we're not left in the dark with some of these things. But if you read in Psalm 16, they can put it on the screen. You don't have to turn there. It says this in, uh, here, I'm just going to tell you this too. In, uh, with Isaac, over and over, verse 12, if you look down, Isaac sowed where? In that land. And he reaped where? When? In the same year, a hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him. The man began to prosper. He continued prospering until he became very prosperous, for he had possessions of flocks, possessions of herd, and a great number of servants. So the Philistines envied him. And I, all, if you keep reading, you'll see through here it says this. Um, in verse 22 it says, For now the Lord has made room for us, and we shall be fruitful in the land. Verse 28, we have certainly seen that the Lord is with you. These were people that were jealous of him, people that could just see the blessing on his life. They noticed and they said, because he's prospering, this is obvious, this is evidence that God is with him. What's one way you know God is with you? You are starting to prosper in your life. Now, you may say, well, I haven't seen that yet. I'm still struggling every week, week to week to week. I'm telling you, don't give up. Don't quit. Fall in love with the word of God. Feed your faith on some of these things. God will begin to build this image on the inside of you that you are the righteousness of God in Christ. And everyone that is righteous, he prospers. And you got to believe it. You got to put it in your heart. And you got to say it with your mouth. Let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified who has great pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. You got, your, you got the word working for you? Is it in your heart? Is it coming out of your mouth? Because I'm telling you, if you'll stick with it and you don't quit and you'll dwell and live in the land that he told you to be in, you will begin to prosper. I'm telling you, the word of God will not return void. I've seen it too many times. I, I was young and now I'm a little bit older and I've never seen the righteous forsaken or a seed begging bread. What does that mean? Begging bread is just a want. Needing food. Wanting for something. No, the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want when I'm following him, when I'm listening to the voice of the good shepherd. So as I prayed about all this, I just was so stirred up because this week, I thought about some of these people on stage, so many of you guys and so many of our teams. And they have walked these things out in their lives. And they're still walking. We're all still walking. You know, the Bible says that we walk by faith and not by sight. And it takes walking and continuing to walk on paths of righteousness to see God's full will for your life come to pass. And I was thinking about some of these stories that they told me, and I just, I cannot, I'm going to be crying up here again, but some of you, you better pull out the tissues. Go ahead. I'm telling you, some of you are just not, it's so good. But I love how at each phase in life, that if you'll walk with God, and you'll listen to God, and you'll choose paths of righteousness, His way of doing and being right, His plan. Listening to his voice, being willing and obedient to go his way, to be in the place he's told us to be, then you can't help for the blessing of God to not come and or overtake your path. You can't stop it. You can't stop it if you're doing those things. 
You know, the, the Bible says that the blessing of the Lord makes rich and adds no sorrow to it. I know we said that earlier. I'm just going to say it one more time. The blessing of the Lord makes rich and no toil with it. That means that it'll just come and overtake you without you having to work so hard to make it happen in yourself. God doesn't want you and I getting the glory for what he wants to do in your life. So I want to start, I just want Rick, will you just tell us how the things that God did in your life, I specifically was thinking about how your dad died unexpectedly, suddenly, and and I want you to tell this story, but Rick was, um, he, I'm sh- I know you loved your dad so much, and you served with your dad in the ministry, and he was a pastor, and I want you to tell the rest of it, but I just, I just wanted to start you out with, I want to hear that part of it too. But go ahead and tell us how, the, how far the Lord has brought you and what he did in your life, even in the midst of what the enemy tried. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, so my dad was a Lutheran pastor for about uh, 20 to 30 years, and I grew up in the traditional Lutheran denomination, and um, I-, I hated going to church as a kid. Like, I would fall asleep in the back, and then one of my siblings was telling me, and then I would get in trouble. And, um, but as I grew up, my dad became my best friend, and I used to teach with him on Sundays. Like, he would write the message, and I would teach with him. I did worship growing up in our church. And I started to develop a love for the Lord, but then in high school, I started to pursue other things. And then um, I actually moved to Dallas, Texas in 2014. I lived with some family. And September 11th of 2014, my dad died. He was uh, hit and killed by a semi and just in the blink of an eye gone. And through the midst of that, it set me on this path of just trying to live my own way. I went to college. I didn't work and just started living in the world. I uh, was super depressed. I gained a bunch of weight. I was out drinking with buddies, like redneck territory. And um, just that's what I did. But I, I always knew the Lord. I accepted him when I was 13. But because of that legalism and not having the Holy Spirit, understanding this revelation of God loves me and wants me to be blessed, I just drifted through life. And then because of my dad passing, I received my inheritance. We talk about our inheritance through Christ. And I received that, that trust fund that's provided for me. And, and through that, I was living in an apartment of my own. I brought in a roommate, and I think I'd share this, but it, was, it became very uh, demonic very quickly. Um, he started getting involved with, with drugs and just started opposing me at every turn. And I eventually had to dismiss him at one point. I came in like, you can't live with me anymore. We're just not on the same page. You're causing strife and discord in our friend group. I need you to leave. And from that moment, it was just like, the enemy started coming at me. And what was funny was at this time, I was reading about Saul and David and how the Lord was telling me I was a man after his own heart, even though I didn't, I didn't see it, but I was started walking with the Lord again at that point. And this man started making threats against me, against my, my family, was talking ill of my dad, like, oh, your dad's in hell, all these things. And I knew where my dad was. My dad was with the Lord. And it got to the point where like just supernatural things just started coming against me. Like my front door wouldn't lock. Like, I, I couldn't lock my door. Like, this man could have just walked into my house and done horrible things to me in my sleep, but it just, it was all just voices. And through the midst of that, like, God just supernaturally removed him from the situation. It was like every threat, like, I saw through the spirit, David, it never hit me. Um, and I, I had a best friend who was kind of our mediator and who helped me in the situation, and his name was Jonathan, as David's friend was, was Jonathan, Saul's uh, son. 
And so God led me through there to where he called me to ministry. He called me out here, and I knew it, but it was, I had to take that step, like dwelling in the land, right? And so it just, I knew God was calling me out here, and, and I was in a good situation. I was content. I was making great money, working a great job. There was no reason for me to leave, but for me to come out here, it was to withdraw from college, to move from my apartment, to leave my family, to come 15 hours away from where I didn't know anybody. It didn't make sense in the natural, but in the supernatural, it made sense. And God had used the scripture, I believe it's John 11, verse 7, where it says, you do not realize now what I'm doing, but later you will understand. And that's a scripture he gave me three days after my dad died. And I knew it. It was like, okay, God didn't take my father, but he's going to use this to my will, to my benefit. Like, he's going to use this for his kingdom and his glory. So he, I moved out here, and I rented an apartment in the Springs. Wait, wait, wait. You didn't he, tell a part about your counselor. Oh, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, this uh, is really good. Really good. So uh, I had a counselor. Her name was Marianne, and she was born again spirit-filled. And she was connected with my dad. She, she would counsel a lot of people. And so I got connected with her because I needed counseling in myself. And she was like a spiritual mother. She was almost like a female Paul in a lot of ways. And just, I would go in for a session, and she would give me this truth. A lot of things I didn't know. She introduced me to Andrew Womack. I didn't know who Jeremy and Sarah were at the time. No idea at all. And I started receiving this revelation of this is what God has been speaking to me about. And the first thing I heard from Andrew was lessons from David, which was exactly what I was studying. And it was like, this is the word of God. Like, I know that I can be healed. I know that I can do these things. I don't know how, but I know it. And that's what he was just speaking to me about. And it, I walked in one day, and she said, I know what we're going to do today. And I was like, what are we going to do? She's like, I'm going to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. Okay, cool, hallelujah. Um, and I, my kind of lady. She was awesome. She, she laid hands on me just like that, um, and I couldn't do it. And I was, I was struggling. She's like, don't think about it. Just do it by faith. So I'm standing up, trying to speak in tongues. I blacked out when it happened, and then came into and the consciousness immediately started speaking in tongues. So she's like, all right, now pray over me and get a word for me. I don't know what that is. Sure. <laughs> Whatever. And so I start praying, you know, shaka sakata and start praying. And immediately I get a word of knowledge of like, the enemy has to leave, leave her alone. And my eyes are closed and I waved my hand like that. And then when I was done praying, she said, what did you just do? I was like, well, I just feel like the enemy was telling me, or God was telling me like, get the enemy out of the situation, command him to leave. So that's why I waved my hand. Like I took my authority. And she immediately starts crying and said, that's exactly what I'm going through. And at that same time, you committed your life mm -hmm. to go God's way. Yeah. I committed to follow Jan yep. him. January 3rd, 2018 was my encounter with the Lord. I was called to ministry just like my father, and it was time to accept it. It was time to stop playing Jonah and to accept it. And now I'm a fourth generation minister, like my dad and my grandpa, my grandpa before Glory him. Glory to God. Is that awesome? That's awesome. So awesome. Going God's way. I wanted Jordan to tell you a little bit about, you know, it's funny because as a minister, sometimes you have to tell the good, bad, and the ugly too. You know, you have to tell the truth and you have to tell where you've been. And God will deal with you about telling even the stories that maybe, you know. So anyway, I want Jordan to tell one of his about when God began to deal with you about coming here. And we asked our whole staff, we told our whole staff, we're moving to Colorado and we're starting a church. And each one by one began to tell us that they were going to go with us and start this church, which was the will of God. But Jordan began, he wanted, he's going to tell a little bit about his journey. Yeah, so Jeremy and Sarah met with our whole staff and just kind of put before us the vision of coming to Colorado and what we were, 
what the ministry was going to do. And it was, it was strange because in that time, me and Courtney, my wife, we were, had been building a house and um, for months leading into that, like we didn't know I moved to Colorado. We'll back up. Like we live in an Airstream, like um, a little RV, just me and her. And we just been, had been believing God for a house for years, our whole marriage. I guess it would have maybe been six years at that time. I'm not totally sure. And um, so then <laughs> when the Colorado thing came up, I was like, oh, okay. I mean, they, they built this house. Like, it was beautiful. And they had picked out every single finish for it and everything. And then God dealt with them to pick up and leave everything and move across the country. So they were struggling in their flesh, which is natural. Yeah, so actually the day that we found out for sure, hey, Colorado's happening, we're going, we're doing this, was the day that we signed on our house. <laughs> and we were moving, and we were going to Colorado in three months, and we had just had our little boy Titus, who I guess was six months old-ish at this time. So I'm thinking, oh, Lord, you gave us this house, you, you know, we've been believing for a house for so many years, and... Um, I knew in my heart that we were supposed to obviously come to Colorado, but I was playing Jonah. I like that. Quit playing Jonah, playing games. <laughs> I was just playing games and, um, and just kind of messing with the idea of maybe I'll just go do my own thing now. And um, it's, it's just kind of sent me and Courtney on like an unpeaceful spiral for, I'm not sure how it was, if it was weeks or months, I can't really remember. But finally, um, we did come to and we just told the Lord, Lord, we'll do whatever you tell us to do. Like this house doesn't mean anything to us. And uh, we made the decision, hey, we're going to go after God. We're gonna sell this house. We flipped it in like three months. But it was so cool because right whenever we finally made that decision, I just felt so strong in my heart. I tell the worship team this and the staff this. I felt so strong in my heart right then that the Lord just spoke to me and said, it's like, woo. It's like, you just saved your life. You just saved your marriage. You just saved your ministry. You just saved your kids' lives. You saved their ministry. And you know, what you do, what you decide to do, where you who you decide to follow, where you're standing, who you're standing right with, uh, man, it, it determines so much for your life, but also those around you or those that um, are with you in your life on where you go. So we, we made the decision to go and thank you, Lord. We moved back into an Airstream after selling our beautiful house that I don't miss at all. <laughs> Our beautiful, I really don't. Our beautiful, uh, we, yeah, we sold our beautiful house, moved back in the airstream with that little boy, six months old, and yeah, that was a lot of fun. But the Lord gave us a beautiful place here, and he is so faithful, and man, it was just the best decision we could have ever made. I don't want to be on any other path than the one he's on, so thank you, Lord. This walking, making the choice to walk in the paths of righteousness, that was the right way for you to go. And Marissa, I thought it was so cool the other night when you shared, and I want you to share a little bit about how God brought you from a, a faraway land. <laughs> it set you in a church family in New York, and then as he led you, what happened along your path? You know, that the path that he had for you following him it was just so good. So share a little bit about that. Well, I am from the Caribbean, uh, born and raised, and my parents decided to come to New York City 
So I came here when I was about 19. Um, we, I grew up in church. I knew what church life was. Um, but when I started listening to Kenneth Copeland and, and all that were in his camp, like um, Pastor Creflo Dollar and everyone else, my spirit man started getting fed for the first time. So I was just drawn to it. And then um, uh, my pastor at the time was Pastor Creflo Dollar. And he started a church in New York City. And I went there for about nine years. Um, I served on a praise team there. And my parents had moved to Maryland. So the leaders at that church asked me to help out with the satellite location that Pastor Dollar had in DC. So when I moved, finally agreed to move to Maryland, um, I would drive an hour um, to the church, help out with the team there. Now, was that easy to do or comfortable at first? It, it wasn't. It wasn't. But I had, I had such a heart for the word. And, and Pastor Dollar would say, a church alive is worth a drive. So I would go and, and get fed. <laughs> and, um, and that's where I met my husband. Whoa. We did. <laughs> He shouted over there. <laughs> I met my husband there. We dated for two years. Um, he, he got born again and came, started coming to, to church, and um, he did. But what if you hadn't obeyed the Lord or, or followed in his path? Would, I would you have met Nakia? I would not have met Nakia, no. <laughs> his hands I would up. not have met my husband there. Um, so we, he, um, he did Karis for two years. And he wanted to come up to Karis um, up here in Woodland Park. And I, I just said in my heart, I was like, Lord, whatever you started in my husband, I want to continue. And he's faithful to finish what he started. So we left, both left our jobs, came up here in 2018. We got married in January 2018, came up here in August. So you like left your job and then went out somewhere where you were, it was foreign to you. And was that easy? That was not easy. Yeah. I did but not. was it God's path? <laughs> it was God's path. <laughs> It was God's path, yeah. So we came here, did Karis. I did Karis as well. And um, when we, because we went to Pastor Cuthbert's church, we didn't really find a church here that we had settled into. So we had, we would look um, at service and then online. And then um, because we had to serve and do service hours, we attended a church, but we didn't feel settled there. So my husband was like, you know, let's just, find a place where our hearts are settled in the vision and the heart of the church. And I was listening to Pastor Jeremy and Pastor Sarah. And um, when you mentioned you were coming to Colorado, I said, I hope it's not Denver. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, and we were right here. We were already at Trailhead. So, so um, uh, when you said it was Green Mountain Falls, I looked, I looked at the, the map and I was like, oh, that's right there. So I was already settled in my heart and I prayed and asked God to settle my husband's heart in being here, and the first night you guys had the, the, the interest meeting, we, I was here. I was here, my husband got, you know, God dealt with him, and we come together now, and, <laughs> and uh, we're, we're here, we're home. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. And then Jackie, I wanted you to tell a little bit about how the Lord brought you and Peter here, and just kind of, it's just what you shared the other night, but it was just so powerful. And um, it really ministered to me because, you know, you waited on the voice of the Lord. And you didn't move until you knew 
that you knew that you knew that was him. And that's one thing about David that I loved. And that's one thing I think it's so cool about these worshipers that are on your team that worship, that lead you in worship every week. They are people after God's own heart, but they also did his will. And it has been causing them to prosper in every area of their lives. And they don't just sing about it, they live it. And so I wanted you to tell a little bit about that. Well, I grew up Mennonite until about the age of 18. Um, my husband and I both. I was born in Mexico, and then I lived in Canada for 12 years, back in Mexico for three years as a teenager, and then to Texas. And so Texas is so far the longest place I've lived. But um, So Peter and I, we had both left the Mennonite church before we got married, and um, always been hungry for God, always had a tender heart toward God. Uh, grew up in church, but it was kind of church to church and a lot of moving around. And so it wasn't ever really like a family. Um, so uh, when we were dating, Peter actually was the one that introduced me to the Holy Spirit because we weren't really taught anything about the Holy Spirit or about being spirit-filled, even being led by God or that you could hear the voice of God, you know. So um, Peter had been spirit-filled a year or two maybe before we met, and so it was through him that I got to know about the things of the Spirit and, like, God is real and he'll talk to you. And, and so I, I was uh, filled with the Spirit. Just he talked to me over the phone. He led me through it over the phone in my bedroom. And so, yeah, we got married, um, lived in West Texas for, like, nine months, middle of nowhere, and then we moved to East Texas, and um, we actually didn't have a local church from the time that Josh, our oldest, he's 18 now, uh, from, when he, from the time he was a baby. Um, we didn't have a local church. Uh, we always say that television ministry is special to us because um, we benefited so much from it those years. Uh, but we were, we were always hungry for God. We were always endeavoring to be led by him. We always said, Lord, if you show us where it is, we will go. And, uh, you know, all those years we stayed connected with ministries. We looked for ways to serve. Um, we always had a heart for ministry. And um, we do really believe that God had us in the right place at the right time. And, but during those years, it was also like, I wanted a family. I wanted a faith family. Um, but we knew that we couldn't just go anywhere. And especially for our kids' sake, it had to be the right place for our children. We didn't want, you know, our, our parents, both of our parents, they did the very best they, they knew. Um, but we didn't want our children somewhere, going somewhere just for the sake of going somewhere. And then we have to unteach a lot of things. And they have to renew their minds to the truth like we had to. So, um, so yeah the place where our kids needed to be, where they would get solid word, faith, that was really important. And so um, we had partnered with you guys for quite a few years already at this point. And then um, some of you probably remember they did family nights, which were televised. And so we would actually watch those. And sometimes I would be like, I would just like say in my heart, one day we're going to be there. Because we didn't know you, we'd never met you, nothing, you know. Um, we just were partners. And so one day Lauren contacted me um, via Instagram, and she invited us to a family night. And I was like, Peter, <laughs> you won't believe this. Well, you will, but 
So, you know, the Lord had been uh, pointing you guys out to us for, you know, quite a few years already, um, just to partner with you, and we knew there was something there, like a connection. So we started going to family nights in Fort Worth. We had to drive two and a half hours. It was usually like once a month. And um, so we were at the family night where you guys announced your move to Colorado. And it kind of caught us off guard a little bit because we knew that um, God had connected us to you. And, and so it was kind of like, okay, we're just now really kind of getting to know them. So like, what's up with this? Now you're leaving? You know what I mean? And uh, a cool, one cool thing was like, so at this family night, they announced they were moving, that their staff was moving with them. And people were asking us before the service started, like, are you guys moving too? And I was like, why are you asking us that? Like, that's just a weird question because we're not on staff and like, this is just weird. And uh, so I never, I was just like, no, like, why would we, you know? But by the time the service was over, people asked us again, are you going too? And we could not say no. Like, we knew just within those couple hours that, that we were supposed to go. I mean, you know, we went home and prayed over it and, and just went back and looked. What has the Lord said to us over the years? You know, and everything lined up. Everything pointed to, you need to go. And so by the next day, I, I know I had contacted you and said, we're, gum- we're coming. Um, it took us one and a half years to get here. But from that time. But yeah, and like one big thing, uh, you know, that was really on Peter's heart was this was the place that our kids needed to be and um, where they needed to grow up and just have a faith family, you know. And I mean, the law of sowing and reaping, you know, not to brag on anything but the fact that God has ordained that law. But like over the years, like we sowed, we always looked for ways to serve. We looked for... Um, you know, endeavoring to be led in it, but just like, who can we partner with? Lord, where do you want us to be? Um, You know, missions trips and prisons and jails and street ministry. And like, we, we always um, had that heart, but we knew, you know, we needed a family as well. And uh, so here we are. It's been an amazing journey. And like you said, you know, even though the cost of living and everything in Texas is entirely different, um, now that we're here, we're actually increasing more than we ever have before in our lives. So, like in every area. Yeah, yeah I wanted you to tell, I've just had so many testimonies from you guys. You have prospered. Yeah. So, God has just been so good to you. And so much of it was connected in getting, in, dwelling in the land. Yeah. And to getting in the, in the perfect will of God for your family. You guys, do you have any specific things you want to tell about your, y'all prospering? There's been so many things. You've been on vacations that you've yeah. never gone on before. Hawaii, I yeah. mean, come on. I'm just going to tell all of it. Yeah. No, um, I mean, so many wonderful testimonies mm-hmm. and increasing. And your children are serving God. What, no greater joy. Yeah. So. That's awesome. Did you want me to share yeah. any of those? Um, well, yeah, we went to Hawaii in January. So that was like our first vacation in 19 years of marriage. Real vacation, I should say. Um, we've been able to buy three vehicles, cash, in the last two years. Um, there's just, yeah, Peter's job that allowed us to move here just fell in our laps. Um, you know, we were seeking God like, we have to have a house, but then we have to have a job. But to have a job, we have to live here. And like, so, um, you know, we got here at the right time, I believe, but we were just believing for a place to live and a job and stuff. Um, what he, like, 
his job in Texas, if he would have done that here, he wouldn't have been able, he, it, it just wouldn't have paid enough for what living is here. And so um, we just waited, like you said, waited on God and waited for, we knew, you know, this is where God wants us to be and he's going to make a way. And so we were sitting on the couch one night. This was like at least six months probably after we knew we were going to move. And uh, Taffy Dollar, Pastor Taffy Dollar was uh, preaching on, I think it was multiplication and increase. And he gets a text and he's like, I think they texted the wrong number. And it was a job offer. And they're like, do you want this job? You get like a new truck, a new phone, you can live wherever you want, and you can do this from anywhere. It pays way more than we've ever made before. And he's like, I think they texted the wrong. I was like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Maybe you need to think about this. <laughs> like, make sure. And so anyways, yeah, it just fell in our laps, and that kind of enabled us to come. Could work from wherever we were living. And, and then you've had more opportunities for ministry, more open doors, finishing books. They're now yeah. helping us in the ministry. Jackie's helping me with my new book. Peter's yeah. working here some. It's just been... Well, I will say about that, the, one of the most awesome things about that job that he got was, because this is not normal, um, but he, his hours are so flexible. Basically, if he has his phone with him, that's his office. And so that enabled him to be able to serve here at the church, like, a lot, which normal jobs would not allow. And that was really where our heart was, to be able to do that. And so, yeah, that was a big plus. So he's prospered you in the land yes. where you're living. Amen. Glory to God. Um, I was wanted to read you a couple of scriptures right in the middle where we'll have one more testimony, but Jeremiah 6, 16 in the new King James version, it says, thus says the Lord stand in the ways and see and ask for the old paths. Those are the righteous, the ancient paths where the good way is and walk in it. Is it important that you walk out? your righteousness, walk in it, then you will find rest for your souls. But then there were some that said, we will not walk in it. And I just think it's so awesome to see the result in the harvest of walking in the past. You know, I also had this scripture come to my mind while she was talking about 2 Samuel 7, 10. It says, I will appoint a place for my people. I will appoint did you know there's a God-appointed place for us to dwell in and live in that he is able to use us in and we are able to prosper in? It says, and I will plant them. Doesn't the Bible say that those who are planted in the house of the Lord, those are the ones that will flourish or bear fruit in the house of their God, planted finding even that local family, that local church God has called you to, that they may dwell or live in a place of their own and move no more. Nor shall the sons of wickedness oppress them anymore as previously they did. Did you know it's God's will for you to have a place of your own? Not to have to depend on anybody else to tell you where to live, what to do, not, not to even, you know, that's why debt, we're believing God to be debt-free in this place. 
Because you want to be so free that you have a place of your own. Now, if you're renting right now, uh, you can believe God for a place of your own, a house that you own. Amen. 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 And when you do, you know, Jeremy and I stood on this scripture for years and years. We rented. We took steps of faith. We walked in the path God had for us. And he told us, rent this, lease this for a season. But his ultimate goal was that we would have a place of our own. That no one else could tell us what to do with that place. That it was a place God had given us. And it was a place that would give him glory. And the place he had told us to be. So I want Moses to tell just a little bit about what you said, what you told us the other night. It was so powerful. But what God has done in your life, and don't leave out any of the hard parts, okay? Because <laughs> they're really good, and they'll teach, and they preach, and they're really helpful. So, yeah, we don't, don't have, have hey, listen, can anybody stay for five extra minutes to hear this? It is <laughs> oh. so good. They want to hear it. So don't feel rushed. Just tell it's us. my first time with a mic, and I'm getting five minutes extra. <laughs> <laughs> Praise the Lord. Um, first of all, God is so gracious. So, so gracious, so merciful, so patient. I feel like being planted here was 42 years in the making. Um, the journey from being born, my parents, the churches we went to, um, just, he's just so good. So, anything specific you want me to well, focus he, he on? he grew up in a faith church. He's a yes. faith, he's a faith guy. Him and I'm a faith baby. Yeah, he's a faith guy. He grew up, he, he has the same DNA as we have. And you grew up being taught the word of God. God you, your parents put the word of God in you as a kid. But yeah. then tell a little bit the, little, the journey that God took you on. I mean, you don't okay. have to tell any of it. But I really love how God brought you and you walked in the path. You, yeah. you agreed yeah. to go to Ramah. Yeah. You yeah. agreed to follow God. Even when you actually had, at some points, people that were fighting you about it, not yeah. wanting you to go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then just keep telling a little bit after that. Okay. So we grew up in church. My parents and my brother, we were in a family band. So we were the worship team for every church that we attended. Um, so as soon as we walked in, they're like, you guys up here. So, um, so that was kind of our calling, obviously still doing that now. Um, so we started going to Word of Faith Family Church when I was 15. I was in Chandler, Arizona. Um, it was a Rhema church, and the youth pastor was a Rhema grad, and he was like, hey, as soon as you graduate high school, you know, you should go visit Rhema. And I was like, I had never been on a plane before. I would never done any traveling other than 30 or 40 minutes from where I lived. So I was like, okay. So I went to, uh, it's called Get Acquainted. I think, is it still called Get Acquainted? You would know. Yeah. <laughs> So it was called Get Acquainted, so we, I flew out there to Rama and enjoyed, you know, some of the classes and everything, walk around the campus. And hadn't been away from my family ever, so, you know, I'm going three or four states away. They had an evening service, and, you know, I really felt the Lord was dealing with me to go. Still learning to hear his voice as an adult or as an 18-year-old versus hearing through your parents. And Brother Keith Moore was playing the piano that night. And so I'm up in the stands, Lord, you know, give me a sign if you want me to come. You know, this is a big step. And Brother Moore, in Brother Moore fashion, was playing one of his great songs. But 
he said, someone is asking the Lord and basically verbatim mentioned my prayer that I was speaking to the Lord at that point. And I was like, all right, well, you've answered me, so now I got to go back home, tell my family, and make these preparations to move. In like, it was like two months or something. So it was Can a, I just it say was this about move. this testimony? Yes. This is so powerful. So he cried out to the Lord and asked the Lord to show him. He was even asking for a sign when really that's not the way the Lord moves these days. But will God meet you where he's at, at where you're at? And if you have a heart that's towards him and you really want to hear from him and you want to go where he wants you to go and you're willing to do it, he will do everything he can to get you in that place. He will send every person across your path to get you there, to help you get there. And then he cries out to the Lord. And a minute later, the minister says the same thing. What did he say? Basically, I was like, Lord, if you want me to come out here, you know, please give me peace. Give me a sign about it. Tell me that this is where you have called me to be. And, and what did Brother Moore say on the, from the stage? same thing. He repeated yeah. his prayer yeah. on stage right then, a couple of minutes later. Yeah. Will God do that for us and show us and make it clear to us where we're supposed to be? Yeah. I love that. And then as, a, as time went on, God led you to, to with a friend that to live here in Colorado Springs? Yeah, so my roommate was born in Colorado Springs. He was friends with my youth pastor, so that's how I got a room out there. And so after graduation, I was 98. So 2000, I moved back to Arizona, and he was like, hey, you should come out and visit sometime. I was like, nah, I'm good. It's too cold in Colorado. But it was also too hot in Arizona, so... So I, I walked around in the wilderness for a couple, couple more years. Um, eventually, um, they had a conference in New Jersey, youth conference. So I went out there to visit. He was there. He was like, hey, you should come visit uh, Colorado. So two weeks later, I came out. First service, sat in the front row, and this amazing peace just came over me. And that's one way you know you're on the path. Yeah. Is the peace of God. Yes, peace. The Lord said to my heart, not an audible voice, but he said, you're home. And I was like, and I didn't question him this time. You know, I was like, okay, okay, so if I'm home, then you're going to do all the provisional things that need to happen. And he did and um, moved out here. My wife was in the church, Miss Cynthia. She's in back serving now, so. Met her, such a wonderful woman, such a blessing. Um, now we have five kids, and uh, so we went through we went through churches, a couple churches through the season of our marriage. And you want me to go into that one too? Well, just how the Lord led you up here and what okay. happened, and as you, as a result of okay. seeking Him. So I'm a general contractor, self-employed, been an entrepreneur forever. My father and my grandfather were too, so it was kind of in me. Well, right before, or right, yeah, right before COVID hit, I signed a contract on a project, and the devil was determined to destroy it. But the, the most funniest thing about that is that was the most money we made ever was through COVID at that point. So he made so much provision for us, even though the devil was still trying to pull away what he could. He was grasping at straws. So through COVID, you know, lumber prices, everything went sky high. And 
I didn't, I wasn't a great bidder during those days. So I kind of underbid it, kind of tried to bite me in the butt. But through that, you know, the job went bad. They tried to sue, wanted bukus of dollars, hundreds, not hundreds of thousands, but a lot of money, a lot of money that we didn't have. And we got turned on to this place through a, um, a member that was going to our other church. He was like, hey, you should come check out uh, Legacy. They have family nights. I was like, okay, I'll do that. It was February, was it the 8th or the 10th or something? And so we drove up here. Miss Sarah was preaching. And it was like, every, it's funny how God can speak to every single person through one word, but it's the Holy Spirit that takes it and converts it into each situation. And that's, I mean, that happens every Sunday for us. We get a word, we get growth every time. So we heard the word, we drove back down, um, decided, you know, as soon as they open, any type of service were coming. So we signed up for every service team as as possible. Um, And, you know, I was like, you do those five, I'll do these five, and then we can go every service. So, but, you know, it's, so through that season of that, of that project going bad, this is where my help came from. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, glory to God. You go to the mountain. Mm. And glory to God. Thank you, Lord. one of my friends had told me two years before that, and I'm just remembering this now. He said, something's going to happen. He said, the Lord told him, tell him, something's going to happen, and you're going to need to go up. Wow. And it was, he said, Green Mountain Falls but he said, you need to go up. And I was like, thinking like nuclear attack or, <laughs> you know, uh, riots in the city and, you know, stuff like that. But, but it was deeper than that. It was a spiritual attack. It was the devil trying to destroy family, trying to destroy livelihood and stuff. So, but I mean, Jordan, Tyler, Michael, when I met these guys, bruh, such, I'd never, I'd never known a love like this church, never. You know, you think, you know, I'm gonna, I shared them with my, what my situation was, and I was like, hey, maybe they'll raise the money and give it to me, and that'll be the way the Lord does it. That was, you know, the devil's thoughts coming in like this. They prayed. I mean, prayed, hugged, loved, checked in. And I had never felt, in such a horrible situation, I had never felt so confident in the deliverance of the Lord. And you met them because you committed, you started serving and building this church. He started working and laying tile and doing all these things. With, to not get paid a single thing. He was serving and sowing, committed his way to the Lord and began to walk in God's way. And he was reaping the benefit. Yeah. Friends, yeah. prayer, faith. Yes. You can keep finishing. Yeah. Um, I saw a, a meme the other day. It said, wait on the Lord. And while you're waiting, serve him. And that's what I did. And it didn't make sense, you know, you got a family, 
the job's gone. You should be looking for more work. I could not wait to get up here every single day. Like, we would, we would stay here till 12 o'clock, 2 o'clock in the morning. Me and Tyler would be talking out when we should be asleep. Um, you know, the fellowship that we had at Sonic, dude. <laughs> Sonic, Sonic, Sonic. Um, and Peter, you know, that's when I met Peter. And just so many guys and Eli, so many um, just that relationship where God was building that foundation of a brother, an army of brothers and believers. And so serving in here put me in the position to receive the encouragement, the strength, and also his deliverance. And we were able to be a blessing. You know, I, when someone takes something forcibly from me, I don't look at it as, a, as I'm stealing. I look at it as a, a chance to sow seed. I'm going to turn that into an opportunity. And so we did that and shut the business down. 2021, 20, I started Kingdom First Construction because before I was doing it my way and we saw how that worked out. So seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Amen. Acknowledge him in all your ways and he'll direct your path. And so Kingdom First, so every time I say my company name, makes me focus on who's first yeah. and what comes first. And he has, he's turned stuff around. I mean, right clients, I always say I'm always in the right place at the right time, doing the right jobs for the right clients. And he took one client. Now, God's our source. He's not, uh, he's not the, God's our source. People are not. He uses people as channels. So, he took one client that basically gave me the foundation to actually build a business correctly and to put me around people that are helping me to do it right. It's like he, he loves us so much and he's so patient, he's so merciful. I was about to give up. I was, I was through, but God said no. Mercy said no. So. so would you say after you started seeking first the kingdom and going after his way that you started to prosper? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's the only way, you know. Amen. It's the only way. So good. So I'm good. so glad you shared that scripture because, you, yeah, you all finished yeah. preaching the rest of the message. So okay. can we just stand up right now and we're going to just, um, just pray together and commit, you know, for all of us, our lives to the Lord. Jeremy, if you want to go ahead and come up and you guys can go back to you if you want to play for us and minister but um I just think we ought to just commit our lives to the Lord and again recommit you know if we have in the past to walk in paths of righteousness and and to live in the way that he has for us to not only just um say this is how we do things or we want to do things or live our life according to the way we think it should be done but that we're hungry you know, that word seek in the Greek, it means to actually worship the Lord and to be hungry for him, to hungry for his ways, to know his ways. So, yes, so thank you, Lord. We walk in paths of righteousness. The word says in Psalm 65, 11, you crown the year with goodness and your paths drip with abundance. 
And so we, every one of us, have right on the authority of the word to claim that and to commit, just like Sarah ministered today, be willing and obedient to find the path, take the path, follow the path. And we can rest assured knowing that it's his paths that drip with abundance. So right now, every one of us with heads bowed, eyes closed, why don't you lift up a hand before the Lord? And before we go, just take a minute right now and recommit yourself to following the path, the paths of righteousness. We are righteous people. We ought to take righteous paths. And the righteous path is the one that he's laid out before you. Don't ever believe the lie that you can't hear his voice. Don't ever believe the lie that you got to wander around and bump around in the dark for a while. No, you can know the path because the Bible says the path of the just, the path of the righteous is like the shining sun. It gets brighter and brighter and brighter. So Lord, we recommit ourselves to you today to find your path, follow your path. We thank you, Father, for illuminating the path before us, causing it to get brighter and brighter. Lord, thank you for what you've done in these and in so many others, every one of these testimonies. We give you all the glory for it. Thank you, Lord, for drawing them to this place, drawing all of us that are here to this place. We're so privileged and honored, Lord, that you would cause these paths to connect and, and intersect in the ways that you have. And Father, we do just recommit ourselves again right now to knowing your path, following your path, staying on your path. Satan, I remind you now in the name of Jesus that you are defeated. And any attempt, every attempt you make to take us off our path, we resist it. We refuse to be distracted. We refuse to be taken off the path of the righteous. We resist you in the name of Jesus. You take your hands off our families. You take your hands off our finances. You take your hands off our lives. The name of Jesus is against you. The word of God is against you. The blood of the Lord Jesus is against you. His name, his word, his blood are for us, working against you. So we're free. We are free. And Father, I personally, I recommit myself to this path again today. So thankful, Lord, that it's brought us this far, and we will stay on this path all the way, all the way to where you've called us to go, doing all that you've called us to do. And I know, Lord, what you've done in the lives of these that we've heard from today, you are faithful to do in anybody and everybody who will do the same thing, take you at your word, follow you by faith, and watch you go to work in their lives. Glory to God. We thank you for it. Altar ministers, come to the front today, please. If you need prayer for anything, especially if it's along these lines, if you're praying about decisions that you're making, if you're praying about paths to take, it's a good thing to come into agreement. It's a good thing to, to seek godly counsel. And we've got altar ministers at the front today that they're not here to tell you what to do. They're not here to say, well, you should do this or you should do that. They're just here to stand in agreement with you that the light will shine bright on the path that you're supposed to take. So don't leave today without coming into agreement with somebody, getting that extra help and that support of faith. If you've never been born again, these altar ministers are here to pray with you. If you've never been filled with the Spirit like we heard about today, these altar ministers are here to pray with you. Don't leave today without getting this help and this support. Oh, Lord, we love you and worship you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. 
for being so kind, being so gracious to do this in so many people's lives. We're, we are just blessed, 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 blessed. And we see once again, Lord, how important it is that we hear your voice, follow the leadership of your spirit, because you alone have the power to put us in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing with the right people. So we ask you for it again this week, and we give you all the glory as you do this in our lives. We love you. We bless you. We give you all the praise. Amen, church. Were you encouraged by what you heard today? Amen. What he's done for them, he'll do for you. And that was some strong prosperity preaching. I'm glad you did it. That was good. Really good. Isn't that a good word? I mean, there's only so long you can argue with the Bible, right? One verse after another, after another. At some point, you got to throw up your hands and say, okay, God, if it's your will, have your way in my life. Amen. I was, it's funny. I remember one time somebody was talking about persecution when you preach prosperity, and sure enough, there is. But remember whenever they were saying it, Mimi, Mimi Gloria Copeland, she piped up and she said, she said, you'll get over it. Yeah, you'll get over it. <laughs> yeah. And, and she and, and my, grandpa, my grandfather and so many others have lived lives and they've, they've committed themselves to preach a message and they've taken some heat for it. But man, when you're living and walking in the goodness of God, it's like she said, you'll get over it. Yeah. <laughs> you'll get over it. Look at your neighbor and tell him you'll get over it. You'll get over it. <laughs> Amen. We love you, church, so much. Is there anything else to add to this before we go today? We just want you blessed. We That's what blessed. That's we fine. want you blessed. Amen. We want you happy. We don't want you struggling. We want you to live a rich life Amen. in every area, spirit, soul, and body. And our, our desire is that you would come up so, so high, so living with God on a whole nother level. And you'd be a great blessing to so many people that's because a, of that's it. That's the truth. Amen. That's blessed to be a blessing. Amen. Amen. Prosper in spirit, soul, and body. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We hope you enjoyed this message. If you need someone to pray with you, there are several ways for you to contact us. Feel free to give us a call at 817-577-0180. You can also contact us through the Legacy Studios app or either of our websites. Giving options are available online at pearsonsministries.com and legacychurch.family. If you prefer, you can also text an offering. Simply text LEGACY in any dollar amount to the number 28950 and follow the prompts. Be blessed today. We love you. And remember, you are always welcome here in the house of faith.